Eric the Red's Saga Anonymous Read for LibriVox.org by Julian Jameson Chapter 3 Thorgeir Vifelsen married and took to wife Arnora, daughter of Einar, from Laugarbreka, the slope of the hot spring, the son of Sigmund, the son of Ketel Thistil, who had occupied Thistilsfjordr. The second daughter of Einar was named Halveig. Thorbjorn Vifelsson took her to wife, and received with her the land of Laugarbreka, at Hellesvoller, the cave hill. To that spot Thorbjorn removed his abode, and became great and worshipful. He was the temple priest, and had a magnificent estate. Thorbjorn's daughter was Gudrid, the fairest of women, and of peerless nobility in all her conduct. There was a man named Orm, who dwelt at Arnarstapi, Eagle Rock, and he had a wife who was named Haldis. He was a well-to-do Franklin, a great friend of Thorbjorn, and Gudred lived at his house as his foster-child for a long time. There was a man named Thorgeir, who dwelt at Thorgeirsfjall, or fell. He was mighty rich in cattle, and had been made a freedman. He had a son, whose name was Einar, a handsome man, well-mannered, and a great dandy. Einar, at this time, was a travelling merchant, sailing from land to land with great success, and he always passed his winter either in Iceland or in Norway. Now, after this, I have to tell how that one autumn, when Einar was in Iceland, he proceeded with his wares along Snæfellsnes, with the object of selling. He came to Arnarstapi. Orm invited him to stay there, and Einar accepted his invitation, because there was a friendship between him and Orm's people, and his wares were earned into a certain outhouse. There he unpacked his merchandise, showed it to Orm and the housemen, and bade Orm take therefrom such things as he would. Orm accepted the offer, and pronounced Einar to be a goodly gallant traveller, and a great favourite of fortune. When now they were busy with the wares, a woman passed before the door of the outhouse, and Einar inquired of Orm who that fair woman might be, passing before the door. I have not seen her here before, said he. That is Gudrid, my foster-child, said Orm, daughter of Thorbjorn the Franklin, from Laugarbreka. She must be a good match, said Einar. Surely she has not been without suitors, who have made proposals for her, has she? Orm answered, Proposals have certainly been made, friend, but this treasure is not to be had for the picking up. It is found that she will be particular in her choice, as well as also her father. Well, in spite of that, quoth Einar, she is the woman whom I have it in my mind to propose for, and I wish that in this suit of mine you approach her father on my part, and apply yourself to plead diligently for me, for which I shall pay you in return a perfect friendship. The Franklin, Thorbjorn, may reflect that our families would be suitably joined in the bonds of affinity, for he is a man in a position of great honour, and owns a fine abode, but his personal property, I am told, 
is greatly on the decrease. Neither I nor my father lack lands or personal property. And if this alliance should be brought about, the greatest assistance would accrue to Thorbjorn. Then answered Orm, Of a surety I consider myself to be thy friend, and yet I am not willing to bring forward this suit, for Thorbjorn is of a proud mind, and withal a very ambitious man. Einar replied that he desired no other thing than that his offer of marriage should be made known. Orm then consented to undertake his suit, and Einar journeyed south again until he came home. A while after, Thorbjorn had a harvest feast, as he was bound to have because of his great rank. There were present Orm, from Arnarstapi, and many other friends of Thorbjorn. Orm entered into conversation with Thorbjorn, and told him how that Einar had lately been to see him from Thorgersfjall, and was become a promising man. He now began the wooing on behalf of Einar, and said that an alliance between the families would be very suitable on account of certain interests. There may arise to thee, Franklin, he said, great assistance in thy means from this alliance. But Thorbjorn answered, I did not expect the like proposal from thee, that I should give my daughter in marriage to the son of a thrall. And so thou perceivest that my substance is decreasing. Well, then, my daughter shall not go home with thee, since thou considerest her worthy of so poor a match. Then went Orm home again, and each of the other guests to his own household, and Gudrid remained with her father, and stayed at home that winter. Now, in the spring, Thorbjorn made a feast to his friends, and a goodly banquet was prepared. There came many guests, and the banquet was of the best. Now, at the banquet, Thorbjorn called for a hearing, and thus spake, Here have I dwelt a long time. I have experienced the good will of men and their affection towards me, and I consider that our dealings with one another have been mutually agreeable. But now do my money matters begin to bring me uneasiness, although to this time my condition has not been reckoned contemptible. I wish, therefore, to break up my household before I lose my honour, to remove from the country before I disgrace my family. So now I purpose to look after the promises of Eric the Red, my friend, which he made when we separated at Breithafjordr. I purpose to depart for Greenland in the summer, if events proceed as I could wish. These tidings about this design appeared to the guests to be important, for Thorbjorn had long been beloved by his friends. They felt that he would only have made so public a declaration that it might be held of no avail to attempt to dissuade him from his purpose. Thorbjorn distributed gifts among the guests, and then the feast was brought to an end, and they departed to their own homesteads. Thorbjorn sold his lands, and bought a ship which had been laid up on shore at the mouth of the Hraunhofen, harbour of the lava field. Thirty men ventured on the expedition with him. There was Orm from Arnarstapi, and his wife, and those friends of Thorbjorn who did not wish to be separated from him. Then they launched the ship, and set sail with a favourable wind. But when they came out into the open sea, the favourable wind ceased, and they experienced great gales, and made but an ill-sped voyage throughout the summer. In addition to that trouble, there came fever upon the expedition, and Orm died, and Haldus, his wife, and half the company. 
Then the sea waxed rougher, and they endured much toil and misery in many ways, and only reached Heriolfsness in Greenland at the very beginning of winter. There dwelt at Heriolfsness the man who was called Thorkel. He was a useful man, and most worthy Franklin. He received Thorbjorn and all his ship's company for the winter, assisting them in right noble fashion. This pleased Thorbjorn well, and his companions in the voyage. At that time there was a great dearth in Greenland. Those who had been out on fishing expeditions had caught little, and some had not returned. There was in the settlement the woman whose name was Thorbjorg. She was a prophetess, spy queen, and was called Littlova, or Little Sibyl. She had had nine sisters, and they were all spy queens, and she was the only one now living. It was a custom of Thorbjorg, in the winter time, to make a circuit, and people invited her to their houses, especially those who had any curiosity about the season, or desired to know their fate. And inasmuch as Thorkell was chief Franklin thereabouts, he considered that it concerned him to know when the scarcity which overhung the settlement should cease. He invited, therefore, the spy queen to his house, and prepared for her a hearty welcome, as was the custom wherever a reception was accorded a woman of this kind. A high seat was prepared for her, and a cushion laid thereon in which were poultry feathers. Now, when she came in the evening, accompanied by the man who had been sent to meet her, she was dressed in such wise that she had a blue mantle over her, with strings for the neck, and it was inlaid with gems quite down to the skirt. On her neck she had glass beads. On her head she had a black hood of lambskin, lined with ermine. A staff she had in her hand, with a knob thereon. It was ornamented with brass, and inlaid with gems round about the knob. Around her she wore a girdle of soft hair, and therein was a large skin-bag, in which she kept the talismans needful to her in her wisdom. She wore hairy calf-skin shoes on her feet, with long and strong-looking thongs to them, and great knobs of latin at the ends. On her hands she had gloves of ermine skin, and they were white and hairy within. Now, when she entered, all men thought it their bounden duty to offer her becoming greetings, and these she received according as the men were agreeable to her. The Franklin, Thorkell, took the wise woman by the hand, and led her to the seat prepared for her. He requested her to cast her eyes over his herd, his household, and his homestead. She remained silent altogether. During the evening the tables were set, and now I must tell you what food was made ready for the spy queen. There was prepared for her porridge of kid's milk, and hearts of all kinds of living creatures there found were cooked for her. She had a brazen spoon and a knife with a handle of walrus tusk which was mounted with two rings of brass, and the point of it was broken off. When the tables were removed, the Franklin Thorkell advanced to Thorbjorg, and asked her how she liked his homestead, or the appearance of the men, or how soon she would ascertain that which he had asked, and which the men desired to know. She replied that she would not give answer before the morning, after she had slept there for the night. And when the next day was far spent, the preparations were made for her 
which she required for the exercise of her enchantments. She begged them to bring to her those women who were acquainted with the lore needed for the exercise of the enchantments, and which is known by the name of weird songs. But no such women came forward. Then was search made throughout the homestead if any woman were so learned. Then answered Gudrid, I am not skilled in deep learning, nor am I a wise woman, although Haldis, my foster-mother, taught me in Iceland the lore which she called weird songs. Then art thou wise in good season, answered Thorbjorg. But Gudrid replied, That lore and the ceremony are of such a kind that I purpose to be of no assistance therein, because I am a Christian woman. Then answered Thorbjorg, Thou mightest perchance afford thy help to the men in this company, and yet be none the worse woman than thou wast before. But to Thorkell give I charge to provide here the things that are needful. Thorkell thereupon urged Gudrid to consent, and she yielded to his wishes. The women formed a ring round about, and Thorbjorg ascended the scaffold, and the seat prepared for her enchantments. Then sang Gudrid the weird song, in so beautiful and excellent a manner, that no one there did it seem that he had ever heard before the song and voice so beautiful as now. The spy-queen thanked her for the song. Many spirits, said she, have been present under its charm, and were pleased to listen to the song, who before would turn away from us, and grant us no such homage. And now are many things clear to me, which before were hidden both from me and others. And I am able this to say, that the dearth will last no longer, the season improving as spring advances. The epidemic of fever which has long oppressed us will disappear quicker than we could have hoped. And thee, Gudrid, will I recompense straightway, for that aid of thine which has stood us in good stead, because thy destiny is now clear to me, and foreseen. Thou shalt make a match here in Greenland, a most honourable one, though it will not be a long-lived one for thee, because thy way lies out to Iceland, and there shall arise from thee a line of descendants, both numerous and goodly, and over the branches of thy family shall shine a bright ray. And so fare thee now well and happily, my daughter." Afterwards the men went to the wise woman, and each inquired after what he was most curious to know. She was also liberal of her replies, and what she said proved true. After this came one from another homestead after her, and she then went there. Thorbjorn was invited, because he did not wish to remain at home while such heathen worship was performing. The weather soon improved when once spring began as Thorbjorg had said. Thorbjorn made ready his ship, and went on until he came to Brattachlid, the steep slope. Eric received him with the utmost cordiality, saying he had done well to come there. Thorbjorn and his family were with him during the winter, and in the following spring Eric gave to Thorbjorn land at Stokness, and handsome farm buildings were there built for him, and he dwelt there afterwards. End of chapter 3. This recording is in the public domain.